and welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopton, C70 at the bat. With me, as always, Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. I think I left my Twitter handle out, but everybody knows about it, so it doesn't matter. Um, Tara, we were just talking. It's a week of Cardinal baseball, which means 10 games, because that's just the way Cardinal that's baseball works. Yeah, right. I mean, this little, you know, one day at a time, a game at a time thing, that's just such a silly talk. Let's play three double headers um it was it was a frustrating aggravating um angst inducing um week that the cardinals actually wound up winning more than they lost and continued kind of went in and out of the playoff picture or out and in of the playoff picture i guess is more accurate um playing teams like milwaukee and pittsburgh which you would expect a playoff team to be able to handle. Um, so pretty much everything we've seen in 2020, right? Yeah, just a continuation of what we've been seeing for the last, uh, what's it been, like three weeks since the so, season started? Is that it? Um, I think it was yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yesterday and now it's where we're at. Right, right. No, and it's been a frustrating week in some senses. It's been a week where it felt like, whew, we made it in mm-hmm. other senses. And then all of a sudden the Reds are relevant again. So there's more to this last week than maybe it looked like there was going to be a week ago. But, I mean, that's you got to expect that in this kind of season, right? I would think so. Yeah, it's, it's you know, for so long it was, okay, the Cardinals are a 500 team, but they're so much better than the rest of the division that they're going to get in at that second, you know, finishing second. They might catch the Cubs, but, you know, even if they don't, they're pretty much assured to that spot. Well, no, not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cardinals right now, a game up on the Reds and the Brewers. Um, Brewers have, you know, obviously some extra games with the Cardinals to play still. Um it's it's going to be a week um, because not only that they're what about a, about the same about a game up on the Giants for that last wild card spot as well. So there's a whole lot of different ways they could get in, but they're so razor thin that just one bad stumble and you're looking at the Brewers again. And but before that, you've got the Royals. If they can't play. They can't play better than we've seen. Um, it, it would be very easy for us to then get, well, and I guess we're going to get to those games against Detroit, apparently, as well, the day after the season, perhaps. But it could be very easy for us to see the Cardinals on the Tuesday after the season, a week from Tuesday, crazily enough, um, going home. And and not for a COVID issue. Um, it, you know, just about one time you think you know something about 2020, you don't. Um, but what do you think the odds are that they can take care of their own business this week. Uh, I mean, after watching, yes, they won the series with Pittsburgh, but it was not of their own doing in many cases. It was thanks to some very glaring errors defensively and as far as the relief core is concerned for Pittsburgh. So, look, I get it. You take those wins any way you can get them, and you applaud the group for taking advantage of those mistakes. But let's look very realistically at the fact that Stephen Brault pitched a complete game against them. They were no hit for six innings on... Saturday and Sunday, they only had a couple of hits as it was, even though they ended up winning the game, they were still not able to perform offensively like they need to be to play 
quite frankly, better teams. The Pirates have not been a good team all year. We saw the reasons for that a number of times in the series, and the Cardinals still kind of played to their level and didn't look like the clearly better team even playing really the worst team, one of the worst teams in baseball all season. So what to expect of them against the Royals is hard to even imagine because this is the same team that played very competitively against the Cubs, who have been a good team all year, and then looked like they could have lost at least three of the games that they won against Pittsburgh just this weekend. So I have no idea. I don't know who they are in between that. And I don't know if this is just strictly a, a situation where they they only play to the level of their opponent as opposed to playing high-level baseball regardless of who the opponent is. I don't know how you make that switch. I don't know where that comes from. But, man, their, their hitting ability is just not impressive right now. And that's a problem <laughs> in a lot of regards. It's been a problem, not just this year, but last year as well. And even further back than that, the pitching has kept them in it, but they've had enough injuries and enough situations where guys couldn't go because someone went, you know, a starter went short uh, and didn't do what they needed to leading into a doublehead or whatever it is. There's been a mess of the pitching staff in this last week. Feels like the last couple of days were better in that regard, but then the hitting has to come up um, to that same level. So that was a very long winded way of saying, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to think. I don't know who this team even is. I know that their hitting is incredibly unimpressive and they're going to have to figure out a way around that or a way to change that if they do want to hold off the Reds and or the Brewers. Now, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but those two teams are playing each other while the Cardinals are playing the Royals. So one of those teams, they may beat each other up a little bit, and that could be advantageous for the Cardinals. But they're in a position to take care of their own business, but they have to actually do it. Yeah, it kind of feels like you want to root for the Brewers against the Reds just because the Cardinals have games with the Brewers yeah. <laughs> next. So maybe they can express that out. It, it really feels like as you kind of said, they play to the level of the competition and that's because of their pitching. Um, the, when the pitching is on, it can make, well, it can make the Cubs look like the Cardinals, <laughs> you know, hitting wise. Um, and so all you have to do is, you know, get a little bit of offense. They're not necessarily going to come out and slug against the Cubs or the Dodgers or anybody like that. They might play in the postseason. They're just hoping to, to keep them down. Um, and into that regard, Really good to see a Jack Flaherty start today after the one that he had against um, Milwaukee where he gave up nine runs in three innings. And and honestly, it's been a couple of starts, it feels like, since he's had a, a really like Jack Flaherty type of start. Some have been okay, but he hasn't really just gone out and dominated and dominated for an extended period of time like he did today where he struck out 11 Pirates um, in six innings. I think he went six. Um, yeah, so... How how good was it to see Good Jack? So good. And I think the challenge has been what you do with Jack Flaherty after that layoff, right? Where he was in the hotel room throwing left-handed bullpen sessions against a mattress. I mean, where do you go from there, honestly? And we saw the pitch count. We saw them hold him out for at least one time through the rotation after they started things back up. And I think the direct comparison 
is almost naturally to, well, Adam Wainwright's doing it. Why can't Jack Flaherty do it? And there are lots of unfair comparisons and they're totally different situations. And, you know, he's a young guy that they want to be careful with. And I get all of that. And that's, that's all very fair. And we can argue about whether or not that was the right play or not. But the fact is he was limited intentionally in his first couple of outings that didn't maybe show off all that he's capable of. And then the first time out without kind of that safety net of a pitch count, he didn't look great and they pulled him early because he wasn't pitching well. And, you know, then the, the, there was an explosion in his last outing and, and he basically said he just didn't, he just didn't do what he needed to do, which is kind of an obvious statement, but also to see him then come out in the immediate outing, following that and do what he needed to do, make those corrections and keep hitters off balance, use the slider to his advantage and command the fastball a bit better. It was reassuring in the sense of, okay, Jack Flaherty's still there. Jack Flaherty's still Jack Flaherty. It's just the weirdness of this season that had him off his game. And he just hadn't thrown enough innings in game situations to be able to make those adjustments quickly in his last start. So great to see. Obviously, if the Cardinals do make a run at this postseason thing, they need Jack Flaherty to be Jack Flaherty, especially with Dakota Hudson out now and trying to kind of balance the starting rotation with the relief core and a number of those relievers ending up in starting roles because of all the double hitter headers. So yeah, Jack Flaherty being Jack Flaherty is incredibly important to this team this season and beyond. So it was great to see today. You talked about Dakota Hudson. We should probably talk about that. He went out this week with, um, originally thought it'd be elbow. It seems now that it's forearm. The Cardinals haven't, they kind of kind of dance around about how severe this is or if he's going to be gone. It, it doesn't seem like there's any way that he's going to pitch again this year. No. Um, but they're kind of dancing around. It seems to be of whether there's going to be surgery that I, I kind of go back to thinking about Miles Michaelis who had forearm issues and we haven't seen him at all this year because of some of that, you know, they had to take some surgery. So will we miss Dakota Hudson next year is, is an issue, but this comes right on the heels of major league baseball determining that, Oh, we're not going to have travel days in the off season or, or in the postseason at least, not for the first few rounds and a fifth starter becomes a lot more important. Um, you know, I think that we kind of felt pretty good about the Cardinal rotation, but when you start throwing a, a Ponce, a Gomber, a bullpen game into October baseball, that's a little bit more dicey. Yeah, it's not ideal. <laughs> it's not ideal, especially when you look at, um, and we can talk about Carlos Martinez as well, but I would say likely the same sort of situation is true of Carlos Martinez as it was with Jack Flaherty in that he just hasn't thrown enough innings. Mm -hmm. um, he hasn't pitched enough to look good for six innings of a game. Now, to walk, what, three guys in a row to start a game or whatever it was? That's, yeah. that's not great. That's <laughs> that's an issue that you got to figure he, out. He, he worked his way out of it. He did. He worked his way out of it, which is... The, the thing that Carlos Martinez does, but mm -hmm. as far as going deep into games and that sort of thing, it's just, he just hasn't thrown enough. He hasn't thrown enough this year. And we also don't know the repercussions of his time with COVID as well. We don't know what kind of lasting effects there are with that. So I, sort of beside the point, not really what you asked me, but, um, you know, as you think about guys like Jack Flaherty, who until today had not gone deep into games or, 
Um, you know, whether it's Carlos Martinez not going deep into games, you're going to need those bullpen arms to be bullpen arms in many cases. And getting John Gant back is great. Getting Gallegos back potentially this week is going to be helpful, but you still are going to need to some degree an Austin Gomber uh, or an Alex Reyes who can be those bridges from a short start to your back end of the rot- uh, the bullpen guys. So having to depend on them as starters is not ideal. It's certainly not ideal, but I do think Austin Gomber has been impressive this year. Um, uh, Jake Woodford has been there as well. Maybe not quite as impressive consistently, but at times he has, he's been there um, as well. So they do have options, but none of them where you feel like, Oh, this is our really strong postseason rotation kind of options when, you know, it then takes away from the bullpen that has needed those guys all year. Yeah. I, or, you know, for the last three weeks or whatever, right. however long season has been. Basically the all year, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, on the one side, if you wanted to be picky, maybe the Cardinals are best prepared for a no-off day postseason because that's what they've done for the last three weeks. You know, that's pretty much what they've True. done. True. <laughs> since, you know, since they came back from COVID, they've had, what, one, maybe, uh, maybe two off days in that whole time span. Um, you know, going into the playoffs where you don't have to play double headers every other day, um, you know, they may feel like it's an actual vacation. Um, when they get feel like that. spring training, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I think that's going to be very, maybe kind of a little bit telling this week as we go with only, you know, only the games on Friday being the double headers, they're going to have a chance to play quote, quote, regular baseball, um, which is not something they've been able to do. And we'll see if that matters. It may not. Um, but yeah, I think the Cardinals have been fortunate with their bullpen. Like you said, there are so many arms out there that they seem to be able to to mix and match pretty well. And Mike Schilt is really feels like, and I think I saw some art. Maybe there was an article today, uh, maybe by Derek Gold or somebody, talking about the combination of Henesis uh, Cabrera and Alex Reyes as really feels like the. If, if you've got a lead, he's going to go to those two guys. And hopefully, we're talking about maybe Giovanni Gallegos being back this week. When you can put those three at the end of a game, uh, you know, if you can get a good six start innings out of your starter, you feel pretty good. Um, it's been amazing to see just some of those guys that we've kind of watched with Cabrera and that, of course, Reyes has had his own health issues. To be able to see them kind of come into their own this year and be a, a dominant force, is, it's been fun. Yeah, the Alex Reyes story is one that, you know, I I just will always be really grateful to be seeing at this point because, man, I've been so excited about Alex Reyes for so long. And to see him come in and not only, you know, pitch some big league innings and take his, you know, his lumps here and there and disappear for a little bit and then come back but to become a really key part of what this team is doing it's it feels a a little bit full circle in the sense of you know this is a guy that now they're depending on so heavily that they've been expecting for so long so it's really cool to see that for him it's cool to see him maintaining that success thus far and you know having some trouble, but making adjustments, learning from it and looking better the next time out or, or even finding his way through some really high leverage innings. And, um, you know, you always say something like this and then kind of knock on wood, but it's nice to watch Alex Reyes and not be 
cringing on every throw mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, did that hurt? Um, <laughs> but instead just watching and going, oh, that was that was why everybody loves Alex Reyes. Uh, unless you're the hitter, then you right. don't love Alex mm-hmm. Reyes. But no. yeah, it's been fun to watch that for sure. And Cabrera's another guy. He's still a little bit wild Mm-hmm. for me to feel super comfortable yeah. <laughs> when he comes into a game, but he's also been pretty effective for the most part and has become a, a really key piece, even just based on the the raw potential that he has um, and the, the flashes of that at, at times that make him a really valuable asset. So it's been a season in that regard where these guys have opportunities to step up and to not only be impressive in this weird season, but to kind of stake their claim for what they're going to be moving forward. And with Alex Reyes, I mean, there's still the idea on the table that he's a starter at some point. And even, you know, if that's a possibility, this is a hugely important season for him to prove. And he kind of did that the other night when they pushed him further than he'd gone all season, um, multiple innings, shutting it down, doing what he needed to do to kind of, like I said, bridge that gap and look like a guy that they can depend on for more than one inning at a time. Whatever his role is going forward, these are the, the situations that they're going to be able to look back on and go, nope. This is this is our guy, and and here's why. Yeah, and you know there was at least a bit of a, a thought that Reyes might get the start on Tuesday when yeah. they were trying to figure that out. It turns out it's going to be Austin Gomber, but um, yeah, he's definitely now his you know he's still working on his command too. Twelve walks in four in seventeen innings, but man, when he's on and, and it's you know twenty three strikeouts in the same seventeen innings, uh, you you don't you're right. I think last year even if it wasn't oh is he hurt or what it was this where's the ball gonna go right uh, he he didn't know and nobody else knew yeah uh, which is what got him sent back to, to memphis before he got hurt um now it's not quite that much you know if he's missing he's missing by a little bit here and there and it's you know kind of sometimes depends on what jump you've got behind the plate as we've seen a lot this week um so it's very good to see that now on the opposite side of the um, both in and not not in results. The results have been pretty similar, but Andrew Miller came in today, got the save, and vested his option for next year, twelve million dollar option. Um, you know, when when Andrew Miller didn't pitch against the Brewers, I was wondering if they were going to kind of do a little bit of juggling around so that option would invest because that's a lot of money on a on a reliever next year, especially when the budget's probably going to be a little bit tight, but. As much as I have knocked Andrew Miller overall, I think lately he's been pretty solid. Uh, I don't think we've, we've, you know, it's again one of those if he's off, he's off. But for the most part, he has been on every time he's come in. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I still don't feel super confident in Andrew Miller, I mm-hmm. think, just because of the number of times we've seen him. Well, what was it the other day? A uh, uh, walk and then a hit batter and then yeah. a wild pitch consecutively. That doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Yeah. But I also heard him in a pregame interview with Jim Hayes this week when Jim asked about his health. His answer was, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> which also didn't inspire a lot of confidence in uh, where he's at physically right now. But I think that's, to some degree, that's the case with all these guys. They're playing through something at this point. And even in a shortened season, there's been a lot of extra injuries this year. And we've talked about this, I, I think, in large part because of the rush back to game shape instead of that slow build. So Andrew Miller being good is 
a huge boost for this team. I think being confident in Andrew Miller's goodness <laughs> is going to take a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And again, yeah, I don't uh, this this the bullpen a lot it has that, right? I think there's a lot of guys yeah. who feel pretty yeah. confident, but we also know that it could be that night. It could be the night where they can't find the plate and um, everything kind of goes to pot. But it's it's really amazing. I mean, I don't feel like even with this expanded rosters and expanded arms that are out there, I'm not sure that there's a whole lot of guys that are out there that are like, oh, he only comes in if they're up by six or down by six. I mean, there are some that they need that way. But, you know, even a guy like Nabil Krismat has shown that he can be effective even in, I mean, again, you're not going to put him in a two-run game probably if you don't have to, but I think he's shown that he can, you know, carry some water for this team too. And mm-hmm. everybody, Seth Elledge, even Rob Kaminsky when he was here, um, you know, guys like that, they have done a lot of good job by eating some innings and doing so where they don't let things get out of hand. Yeah, they really have. And that's been one of the more impressive pieces of this weird season for the Cardinals. And I don't know that that's entirely unexpected. I think depth in the pitching staff is something that this team is, this organization rather, is known for. But I I do think it's been interesting to see that it's not necessarily just the names we expected, right? The Alex Reyes or the Genesis Cabrera. It's been those guys that came up and a lot of people, myself included at times, went, wait, who? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And they've stepped in and sometimes had success, sometimes ended up DFA'd the next day or whatever it was a couple of times. But um, yeah, Chris Matt has been a really interesting addition that I don't think any of us, I don't know that in a regular 162 game season, we would have ever seen that. No. So we we're seeing things just because of the schedule and because of the number of games they're playing that we wouldn't have seen before. And that, has been interesting. I don't, I, <laughs> Alex and I talked on chirps this week about how uninspiring this team is to watch. <laughs> and I think I can still make that argument, but also say that the underlying story of all of these guys getting a chance has been really cool. And it's maybe not as cool as they would have hoped because there aren't fans in the stands, but it's been an opportunity for them to make a name for themselves. Much like I was saying about the more established guys staking their claim for roles next year, these young guys are kind of putting uh, a, a pretty impressive uh, stamp on what they can be in the future as well. And whether that's for this team or if it's just kind of establishing themselves as capable big leaguers, um, it's great to see that. And it's also been really important. I mean, I don't want to undersell how valuable those innings have been because we started this whole thing looking at what 11 double headers and going, how are they possibly going to find the innings? How are they going to do it? And then just a week ago we were saying, okay, everyone's injured. All of their reliable relievers are getting hurt. Where are they going to find the the arms to get through the innings to play 10 games in, in six days or whatever it was. Um, that's it's insane and they somehow <laughs> pulled it off but i guess because they had no other choice right they had to do it so they found guys to pitch those innings and it didn't always go well and we saw a couple of times again where when the plan didn't go off as planned 
things kind of snowballed on them. And I mean, that was the unfortunate reality that Comiskey found himself in the other day. But um, man, a lot of guys have had to step up, whether it's on the Adam Wainwright end of the spectrum and doing what he's done or the total newbie Chris Matt (laughs) end of the spectrum where you go, huh, that's that that's not what I expected, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think that's. I mean, as much as we've looked at the bullpen and, and very very vital, the fact that they were able to eat those innings was so important because of Adam Wainwright going seven innings for Kim to go six or seven innings. Guys that they didn't have a bad start. Um, they didn't. I mean, except for Flaherty against the the Brewers, they didn't have one of those starts where they had to get yanked after three and you have to kind of start filling it in. Now, of course, against the Brewers, they, you know, <laughs> Kim goes seven and then they still have to play some more because nobody can score a run. But, you know, I think it's just amazing that how, how good the starting pitching has been in that regard um, and, and eating some innings of that nature. And, um, you know, again, if pitching and defense wins championships, you'd like this team. Um, but, you know, you also don't like the fact that, what well, you know, five, four or five guys every day in the lineup are hitting under 200. Um, I know mm-hmm. it's, yeah, after 50 games, you'd like to see a little bit more than that. And, you know, about the time you think Tyler O'Neill's going to put it together, then he goes into a slump and you hope that Dylan Carlson's return and his big home run against the, you know, the Pirates – would have inspired him and he's still trying to find his footing. And um, there's just, I mean, except for Paul Goldschmidt, just kind of ticking along. I don't know that there's a whole lot of people that we really count on offensively. Um, And that's, that's a struggle. And that's a situation that the Cardinals, I feel like they have to address in the off season. I don't think they can just write this off as a short sample size because it's so much of what we saw last year. Yeah. And it's a tricky thing to write in the off season because it's it's not necessarily just one guy. I mean, I think, you know, we uh, have seen Colton Wong at the top of the lineup this year, and he's done okay, but he's also now dealing with a bit of an oblique issue that, again, they're weirdly downplaying and, and trying to make it sound like it's not a big deal, but he's also not playing every day. So it's clearly a problem when, you know, you're uh, – everyday second baseman says, well, it doesn't hurt when I run or play defense. It only hurts when I swing. (laughs) So when you're searching for offense, that's not likely uh, a great source of it, especially from the guy who's been at the top of the order. Although I I will say Colton's numbers aren't eye popping this year, but I do think he's been a lot more steady as far as his approach at the plate this year. I think that there's even in this weird season been steady progress in the right direction for him. Um, But we've seen even, you know, Tommy Edmond, look great and then look completely overmatched at times. We've seen that from everyone, like you said, outside of Paul Goldschmidt. I think the Matt Carpenter situation is really frustrating and for no one more than for Matt Carpenter, but that doesn't change the fact that him in the lineup pretty much every day has not turned out like they had hoped to say the least. And the, the outfield offense, those numbers are just painful to look at for the most part. And it's not because any one of those guys hasn't had a moment or two this summer. It's just no consistency in those moments. And when you put this team against some of those offensive powerhouses in the rest of baseball, they just don't have it. And whether it's an approach thing, whether it's a a 
a hitting coach thing, whether it's a philosophy thing, or if it's just a bunch of guys individually not doing well, <laughs> I don't know. And we're, we, I feel like if you go back to this time last season and replay our conversations about the offense, you would just switch out a couple of names and still be saying the same thing. So yeah, I do think they have to address it. I don't really know how, I don't know what the solution to that is. Um, because I don't think it's as simple as replacing Matt Carpenter with Nolan Arenado. Right. I don't think it's that simple. And uh, don't get me wrong. That would be great. Let's find out. But but I don't know if it's really that simple because you still need consistency from some of those other guys. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and you know, again, even if you wanted to go buy yourself a new offense, this is not the off season that's going to have that happen. If there ever was an off season that was going to have that happen for the Cardinals, which is a different debate, but given, given financial situations and the Cardinals had to kind of, bow to a little bit of the inevitable this week and and let some scouts and let some front office people and let some business side people and various people just throughout the organization go, which had to be a, a very painful thing for them to do because they've kind of resisted that all summer long. But, you know, not necessarily knowing what 2021 is going to look like, you know, they couldn't do it. And if they can't do that, they're unlikely to take a whole lot of gambles in the free agent market. So they're going to have to figure out something, you know, whether it's you know a change at hitting coach or if it's a change in philosophy or if it's just a you know stick your head in the sand and hope it gets better, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know that that last option is great, but that also feels like the last option they'll probably take. Um, Cubs just lost to the Twins. Cardinals are now three and a half games behind the Cubs with a week to play, and the Cubs get to go play four against the Pirates and then they play three with the White Sox. So I, I don't think there's much chance of looking at the division, but doesn't it'd be kind of nice to see, see that maybe the Cubs stumble a little bit this week and, and maybe get that, you know, we've kind of written the division off. It'd be nice to spend the last few days, maybe at least keeping an eye on it. It would be. And I will say it this way. It would be nice to see the Cardinals look like a team that was capable of winning a division. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I have to caveat that by saying, I realize they just won four in a row. I understand what the results of the last, what week and a half have been, but the results tell you one story. The process tells you a different story. And it would be nice to watch this team and think that's a division winning team, whether they win the division or not, regardless of what the Cubs do, it would be nice to think that about watching the Cardinals instead of thinking, are they going to end up fourth in the NL central this year? So let's see what they do with this week. But it's, it's, the, the crazy thing about this season is that as frustrating as the Cardinals have been from a consistency standpoint, I shouldn't even say that. They've been very consistent. <laughs> They've been very consistently average. Um, but the, the frustrating thing about that is that they have never really been out of the division race, but they haven't really looked like they were going to get that close either. So yeah. who knows? This is a, a, a last week that feels like it could be complete chaos. So. Who knows? We'll see what happens. It kind of feels a little bit like a last week, too. I think it's a little bit yeah. surprising um, just because of, you know, it really does feel like the Cardinals just got back to playing ball. And that was like, you know, it's been about five or six weeks now. I kind of thought that we'd get to the end of the season and it'd be like, oh, well, it's it's done. But I guess because of the weather change and because of, of things like that, it really does kind of feel like 
you know, the end of September, like it's supposed to feel. And that's yeah. unexpected because nothing in 2020 felt like <laughs> it's supposed to feel. We should um, give a hat tip to your Chirps co-host, Alex, who is probably very excited to know that the Cardinals will not finish behind the Pirates for the 21st straight year. I believe that's what it was. And I think he got a little worried. Go ahead. And they will not, because of that, not finish in last place yeah. for the first time since 1990. I think you got a little worried about that when the Cardinals got shut down at, <laughs> yeah, uh, what, two, two and three or whatever it was. And um, the Pirates were, uh, were looking like they were at least going to beat that mark. So I think you got a little worried for a minute there, but remember, all, all is well that ends well. Yeah. I remember that when the Cardinals had sat down for... 15 days at two and three, when they got back, they, <laughs> they were still only a couple of wins behind the pirates and passed them <laughs> very quickly. Uh-huh. There. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it's gotta be tough to be a Pittsburgh pirates fan. I just, I don't know how they do it. Um, I thought the same thing the other day. In fact, I said that out loud after the pirates made three consecutive errors to allow mm-hmm. runs to score. And I was like in physical pain <laughs> watching it happen, even though it was good for my team. Mm-hmm. And I said out loud, at least we're not Pirates fans. <laughs> and let's, before we get gone out here, let's just talk about the freakishly weird fact that this week we saw three catcher's interference calls. Two against yeah, Eddie what is that? I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, part of me felt like when you – and I don't know anything about this, so I'm pretty sure it's not true. But it also felt like to me when you saw Yachty get it twice in a week that he was cheating a little bit. Not, I don't say cheating as in, oh, he's not doing something right. It, it just, you know, he's trying to get that extra step because he right. knows his arm is maybe slower than it was or he's seeing something or whatever. Um, but when the Pittsburgh catcher got it as well, I, you know, I'm sure it's one of those just weird flukes things, but I wonder if it's, you know, batters just letting the ball go deeper and, and being able to react faster. I don't know, but it was weird. It was strange. It was one of those things that it was like, huh, whenever that happens, you're like, wow, I kind of forgot that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then to see it three times in, in a couple of days was very, very weird. Yes. Although there was a tweet out earlier this week that Yadi Molina had more errors than extra base hits. He did at least fix that today, <laughs> um, which is good to know so anyway tara and i will be with you next sunday i will in theory wrapping up the season it does sound like more and more that the cardinals will have to make up at least one if not both of the games against detroit that they're missing um and there's a i I don't know that they've set any uh uh, idea of where that's going to be or how it's going to be played or anything of that nature but i'm sure we'll find out more about it this week but we'll be with you then and hopefully looking at uh cardinal playoff baseball so until next week that is tara i'm daniel good night hey cardinals fans thanks for listening to this week's show if you liked what you heard you can find us on itunes just search gateway to baseball heaven under podcasts and click subscribe While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.